The title of today's episode is, What's a Girl to Do? So I actually ask, what is a girl to do in her everyday life? Um, Even if things don't come as easily to me as to other students around me, it's no reason for me to not work hard and to do all things for the glory of God. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I am so excited that you're joining us today. Today is episode 194, actually, and it is part two of a two-part series. So if you didn't listen to our first episode, you're going to want to head back to listen to that one first. However, these kind of are standalone episodes. I think you could listen to each one of them separate, but they do kind of blend together. We are doing this double episode called What's a Girl to Do? We will talk about three, we will not talk about, we will talk with three women who are all under 30 about growing up. And our first set of um, of our conversation that happened last week was all about relationships in a girl's life. Today, we're going to talk more specifically about what a girl should do every day. Like what are some of the things in her life she has to do and how can she glorify God with those? So since people might not have listened to last week's episode, would you guys please introduce yourself and tell us who you live with and what you do every day? Rebecca, why don't you start us off? My name is Rebecca Watala, and I live with my husband, Alex, and my four kids who are five, three, one and a half, and five months. Um, I spend most of my time taking care of my family and trying to keep my house t- tidy. <laughs> That's the key word is trying, isn't it? Yeah. Well, hi, I'm Rylan Wing. Um, I technically still live at home, but I've been given the opportunity by a good friend to live with two of my close friends during the school year. Um, I'm a full-time college student student, sorry, at the University of Toledo and studying early childhood education. I'm active in our church and help lead a campus Bible study, which is very fun. Um, when I'm not doing homework, I'm probably with my family, friends, or working um, and if you cannot locate me, I'm probably at a thrift store with a podcast playing. <laughs> okay. So, I hope it's this maybe one. Maybe this one, yeah. <laughs> huh. um, I'm Rebecca Van Warmer. I live with my family, and I keep myself busy with school, work in sports. I'm actively doing things for a church, and I enjoy crafting like macrame, making homemade cards, and decorating my room. Okay, so one thing I want to mention is that for this episode, I wanted to make this little disclaimer, so we all know, that I am going to be calling Rebecca Van Warmer Becca, because we also have Rebecca Watala here, and so it's confusing. So we're actually going to call her Rebecca, and then we're going to call Rebecca Van Warmer Becca. That's so confusing. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, thank you. What One of the things I, before we jump into the heart of this episode, that I love to find out from people is, what do you do in your free time if you have any? Okay, you may not have any free time, but if you had some, what would you do? I really enjoy watercolor painting and macrame. And what do you do with your watercolor? Um, I make cards. Yeah, lots of cards. And that was something you got for Christmas. Yes. And you've been making cards since then. So. Yes. Aww. A consumable gift. Yes. <laughs> so she'll need it again. No, anyway. Yes. <laughs> well, I like I've said, I love to thrift. Um, I thrift a lot, actually, and I listen to <laughs> podcasts. All right. Um, I read and I hang out with my friends. That's actually, I would consider that a hobby. Know, a hobby, yeah. I like that. It's fun. I've always said my hobby is talking. So, <laughs> yeah. like, yes, mom. Really? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It Rebecca, is. what about you? 
I particularly enjoy making things uh, like Becca. I like to knit or sew, do other things like that. Um, though I don't have a whole lot of time to do that much anymore. Okay. Um, but the thing that I love to do the most is play games with my husband. That's what we do on our date nights. We oh, that's fun. Play games. What's so. your very favorite game? Oh. Or a favorite. It's always changing. Okay, um, a favorite game. Well, we we play a lot of board games, uh, a lot of t- different types of games, but lately we've been playing more board games. Okay. And um, we really enjoy uh, a game called... Um, Eclipse. Ooh. It's a space game. Okay. You I can understand that. Build spaceships and then you um, attack each other. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. It's intense. It's, okay. But it's a lot of fun. Is it very strategic? It is very, okay. very strategic. I do not like strategic <laughs> games. And the reason is I like to talk. Like I said, yes. my hobby's talking. Yes. So if I'm playing a strategic game, You're I cannot talk because the other people get mad at me because I'm not, I'm like, oh, I don't care. You know? Like, <laughs> no, like, well, I want you to up. care. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's really fun. We we bought a game of this year um, and we played it at Christmas. I always buy a new game. I'm sharing this. And um, it is called Dumb Ways to Die. Oh, man. It, it is a board off game. Mm-hmm, off the little, the little songs. Yes. And it was actually funny. quite fun. Yeah, we that played used to it. Be an app, yeah. actually. I think it, it was a game. Yeah, and it was um, it was fun. It was actually enjoyable. Yeah. We it took us a couple times. You know how when you play a game, it takes you a little bit to actually get it, where you don't have to read the directions anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it took us two times to finally get it all done, but it was actually enjoyable. So mm-hmm. dumb ways to die. Right. That's my commercial break. <laughs> um, okay. Today, our episode that we're doing is all about girl life, and this is really the stuff that a girl does with her time and energy. Um, and it's really a big part of girl, girlhood. And a big part of that is school. I think we have to start there because whether you are homeschooled, public schooled, private schooled, you have to do school. That's a, a big piece of our time when we're young. So I think we're going to start by asking, um, what is a girl going to do with school? So let's start with a bunch of questions that are specifically geared towards this huge question. Okay, there's a bunch of them. So first off, if I am a girl, should I try to get straight A's? I mean, really, I'm asking if the academic part is important. So school is important, and the Bible does talk about whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So if you're in school right now, your command is to do it well and to honor God with it. The academic part of importance is truly studying God's Word and spending time in His Word and not just schoolwork. I am not telling you this to never do schoolwork again, or just to give up on it, but to know the truth that school and all the work will be passed away, but God's will will never pass away. So we need to know God's word. Hmm. I absolutely agree with Becca. Um, my dad is a high school teacher in an urban setting, and unfortunately, a majority of his students don't respect him and don't put any time or effort into school. Hmm. Um, this causes him a lot of grief because he obviously wants his students to do well, and he, ob- and he obviously wants to do his job well. It's a huge blessing to him when he has students who do respect him and actually try to do the work he gives them to do. You need to respect the authority of your Mm. teachers and seek to love them in this way. Um, I think they would even be more blessed um, if instead of complaining or gossiping about them to other girls, which I know know you guys are doing, (laughs) um, you talk to them and try to build a relationship with them. These are both ways that you can go about glorifying God in school, as Becca mentioned. Yeah, and in, in our last episode, here's my my little side note here. <laughs> in our and you'll find I do a lot of these, right? In our last episode, we talked about how um, 
there is a piece of a young girl's life of doing things you're going to do down the road. Yeah. Right? So, you know, do the dishes at your house or keep your room clean. Well, doing schoolwork is a little bit like a job. Like, you do it. Do the best you can. You aren't getting paid to do it, but someday you will. Right. Probably. You may not have a full-time job forever, but you probably will have some sort of a job at some point. And even if you're doing it, you might be in charge of your home, you know, taking care of things. So it's good to do that schoolwork for God's glory. Mm Okay, but what if I can't get straight A's? Um, like, I work so hard for B's or C's. Like, are straight A's important? Um, this is a great question. I've actually always struggled in school, and I would say I have tried more than other kids, especially hearing about things, um, how easy it was or how, how they didn't even have to study. For example, for a test on Friday, I would have to make flashcards on Monday and go over that chapter every night, and I'd probably get a C. So there's other people that do not study that are gifted in this subject. My younger brother is really good at math, and we both had the same teacher, but I thought it was the hardest class I've ever taken, and he told me it was the easiest class, and he Mm. barely does anything for it. But there are some classes that I've done better than him in, Every person has their own gift and talent, so I've learned that hard work is hard work, and God commands us to do hard work in college, high school, or middle school. And the class was geometry. Yes. <laughs> Not too well in that class. That's okay. She made it. She made it through, but... Yeah. Well, as someone who was homeschooled growing up, I thought that everyone learned the same way I did. Um, and now, actually learning in college, that's something that, you know, will be a part of your development if you're not exposed to other, you know, formats of learning. Um, But it wasn't until I hit about seventh or eighth grade when I realized that my work ethic didn't have much to do with my intelligence level. Hmm, Good Um, point. Also, the way I learn is different from others around me and vice versa. For instance, I'm totally a visual learner and maybe even a hands-on learner. I definitely, definitely am. (laughs) Um, When it comes to grades, I do feel like I spend more time and work harder than some around me. Um, I might spend an extra hour in the library Mm. when my friends have finished the assignment already. Um, Even if things don't come as easily to me as to other students around me, it's no reason for me to not work hard and to do all things for the glory of God. Um, When I remember why I'm working hard, it's much easier to stay motivated. So just don't be discouraged by, you know, getting some B's or C's. Um, it will glorify God if your intentions are right. And, you know, I, I ended my past semester with a B and I'm still here. I'm recording this podcast. I'm alive. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I heard somebody say that, um, sometimes the CEOs of companies are the C students. Yes. Now I'm going to make this, this caveat here. That's a big word. This caveat, caveat. this moment, <laughs> um, you know, that doesn't mean that like my son, who's really good in math, that he should not care. Right. Mm-hmm. We really do need to, for God's glory, do all that we do for his glory. So you work hard yeah. in whatever he puts in front of you. So English may be harder for you. Math might be harder. Then work hard. And if you get a C, know you've done the work you need to do. But if you are a good student or if it comes easy for you, that means you should keep working. Mm-hmm. Right? So I just think that's important to comment. That doesn't give you a pass to say, yeah. oh, I got C's. I'm glorifying God. No, it doesn't work like that. You know? <laughs> so right. um, it can and it is okay. All right. So what about other activities like sports, clubs, bands, choir? Like there is so much. Should a girl even participate in these? Are they sinful? And what should a girl be aware of and how much is too much? 
Well, that's a good question. I think I could just kind of talk about, you know, my experience in choir. I was very um, driven and I loved to do it. Um, even if there were days where I didn't want to like go to the class because, you know, maybe I was tired of singing the same song over and over. <laughs> choir was something that I loved and um, reading music was like a different form of literacy for mm-hmm. me. And so I just really enjoyed it. And my choir teacher was just amazing. I mean, he was like my favorite. Um, I actually ended up going to like some state honors choir competitions. Nice. I went to an all state. And so I really just, I found my outlet in high school that way. Um, and it turned into, you know, participating in every single musical that we did. And, mm-hmm. you know, just having, I had so much fun with it. Um, but, you know, going into college, I was expecting to have that same kind of environment that mm. I had at in high school. Um, but that was not the case. My The environment at UT, um, at least in the music industry, is not the same. Um, the department is... Um, just much different. Um, you're going to find wickedness everywhere, but I think I was just more exposed to different forms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, sin in that in that department. Um, in no way, shape, or form am I telling you that you shouldn't do you know music in college. But I did. I made the choice to drop out of choir after one semester. Um, you know, I stuck it out because I told myself I would just to make sure that mm-hmm. I was like getting the full experience, but. Um, yeah, sometimes you just, you have to make a decision to step away from something that you like, um, because it's not, it's not benefiting you. Yeah. It's not benefiting you. It wasn't a community that was, um, helping me grow in the Lord. Hmm. And, you know, I asked for some advice when I was planning on leaving, but, you know, even if some people would tell me that I could be a light in that situation, I was in the understanding that it was more taking away than mm-hmm. it was gi- than it was right. like giving me an opportunity. So yeah, you can you know you can still have the same hobbies. Mm-hmm. You know you can still have the same hobbies and not participate in a formal choir mm-hmm. or a formal sport or yeah. So yeah, it's important to have a Christian community. So that backs you up, that yeah. supports you through that. Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. was not in the, the not where you were that at. I was in. Yeah, so yeah. I had a very similar experience with um, orchestra in in high school versus in college. Very, very similar, actually. Um, And I want to add that um, Rylan now has been able to use the skills that she learned Mm -hmm. uh, to serve the church Mm -hmm. um, in, you know, the skills that she learned in choir. Yeah. Um, And I was able to do the same with mm-hmm. the skills that I learned in orchestra. So the, there are benefits mm-hmm. um, to these things, and you don't have to continue. Like, it, it's better for her to serve the church than to spend the time um, in college choir and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So, yeah, it's a good point. I do think it can be great for a girl to be a part of different activities that give her opportunities to build skills like these. And there are a lot of other things that you can do besides music. Um, it, For one, it teaches you to know how to interact with others yeah. and to build relationships with people in different settings. Um, and also just to do something that you enjoy doing. There is benefit in that. Um, God gave us things to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there's a reason that we enjoy uh, 
as girls, like creating things and making things beautiful. God made us that way, and it's it's glorious. It, it is, um, and it's it's important to remember, however, that these activities are extra. Um, they shouldn't be the center of your life. There's really no right answer as to how many activities you should be involved in. But if you find that your activities are frequently getting in the way of your relationships, at your duties at home, school, or, or church, uh, serving, um, or if they're getting in the way of your Bible reading and prayer, mm-hmm. then you really do need to reevaluate mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Becca, what did you do in high school? Um, I played soccer. I was in the band. And you played soccer four years. Yeah. And something we would talk about all the time that mm-hmm. I think was really helpful, and you you really took this to heart, is soccer was fun, yeah. right? Yeah. It was enjoyable. I, it. Yep. I still do love soccer. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, but in the big picture of eternity, yeah. it, it's a very small. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And like whatever you do, like you need to make sure you're witnessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the biggest part why I was able to. I mean, obviously, because I like the sport, but doing it so I can make those interactions. And I realized that I did actually have a lot of able abilities to witness. And to influence people for Christ in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's another piece of this. Like, I do remember I wasn't very involved in high school in many ways. I was the journalism editor. I was the, you know, um, secretary of my senior class. You know, (laughs) I was a cheerleader. And I really enjoyed that, but I was a believer, yeah. and people knew that. And I think that helps when you're a Christian. Now, I went to a very small rural school, probably different than your school, Rebecca, because <laughs> you went to a much bigger urban, not really urban school, suburban school, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that does play a, a part in it. Schools individually um, are a part of it, but we do need to use God's, this opportunity, whatever we have for His glory. How can we do it? That's good. Um, what are some common sins that a girl should be aware of both in and out of school, you know, because this could, you know, doesn't just mean in school, but there's a lot of sin that plays into school. I want to mention procrastination because... Oh, interesting. This is a frequent confession I hear from girls in youth group. They'll say they need to get better at time management and not be waiting until the last minute to do their work, which... Mm -hmm. That That is probably true. Um, at the same time, many of these same girls will tell their parents at home that they're too busy to help them around the house. Or they'll be too busy to spend time with their siblings. <laughs> so <laughs> really the problem here is not procrastination. Um, we really need to call it what it is. Well, it's laziness and mm. selfishness. Um, I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, but this is something that truly needs to be repented of. Um, so don't call it procrastination. Procrastination mm. may be true in the sense of the definition of the word, but it's also a way that we tend to excuse it because it just doesn't sound as bad as mm. yeah. being yeah. lazy or selfish. So. And that's and that's what we always want to do with sin. Yes. We call it something else to make it so it's not so bad. But I love that you said just call it what it is. Becca, what about you? Um, one sin is pride. It's everywhere, academics, sports, cliques, band, Everyone wants to be the best, and probably everyone thinks they are the best. <laughs> These are both really connected to pride, and we need to always check our, ourselves and our heart. Of course, we should do our best, but it should be done for God's glory, not for our own glory. Um, another one I see a lot is gossip. It is so easy to share and talk about other 
um, talk about others, including students, teachers, and coaches. Lots of girls easily fall into this about gossip, talking about maybe the lowly people. This is actually also pride, because when we are laughing or gossiping about someone else, we are really focusing on what we view as problems in their life. So if a girl doesn't dress or like us or wear hair, wear her hair like us, it is easy to gossip and laugh. And it is hard to not gossip. I have fallen into gossip at school, and I have been convicted about this, that knowing that it is wrong. It is hard to change, especially with friends and just already doing it. And I have found that gossip and complaining really go together. Mm, that's, yeah. yeah, I think that's really true. Gossip and complaining go together because yeah. really, you're, you know, I mean, a lot of sins do that. Yeah. yeah. I call them brother-sister sins. They're like sibling <laughs> sins. And I, in, in the high school, you know, I was um, a part of student council as mm-hmm. well as you. Yeah. I, um, yes. I was common too. one. We're very was similar too. actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I like, I just remember, you know, leaving some of those meetings feeling like we really only would just gossip about mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. like the school was like not doing well. Mm-hmm. Or we would talk about how like a former, you know, student Person, council leader yeah. would just like not, you know, Oh, we don't do something this, you know, just like slander. Yeah. And, I would leave those meetings feeling like we didn't even accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about how other people had failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so remembering that like you're in a position where other people could easily be saying the same thing about you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that people say like, oh, well, you don't want that. But in reality, it's what God tells us not to do. And so, yeah, yeah. keep keep your words pure and um, stay humble throughout yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I would say that gossip is harder to stop than it is to do. It's so much easier to do. And as an adult woman who's farther along in my life, I'm going to be, actually, I just turned 50. Wow. So yeah, thank you. It's a little late since this is February, (laughs) Um, but it's actually not February. We're recording. So I'm I'm not quite 50 yet, but when this episode records, I will be. And I'm going to say (laughs) that this topic is one that just is an issue for even adult women. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gossip just can, it's really interesting how it starts when you're young, it can even start simple mm-hmm. and you really have to get a hold of it. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with it still. So. Yeah. And I think playing sports with like the same coach, it's really easy to just gossip about him with your teammates. Yeah. yeah. Um, you almost, you almost feel like it's justified being in a setting yes. like that. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, but it's not, not just a little group of girls. It's like, you're with an adult, you're with administration, yeah. you're with, you know, yeah. You ha- yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's a good point. Very good point. It's good yeah. to be aware of these sins as you are in high school. And there's so many more, Yeah, mm-hmm. many more <laughs> sins we could talk about, but those are just a few. Yeah. Okay. Now here's a really big question that I think is really important and a very hard answer. And again, I'm going to say we do not have hard, fast, easy answers for any of these. This question is, what if these sports or activities that you are participating in happen on Sunday or when your local youth group is held? What do you do? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh is right. Mm. This is also going to ruffle some feathers. Um, but I really do think it needs to be said. Your youth leaders and other church leaders can tell a difference between those who prioritize church and youth group and those who don't. The difference usually presents itself in how and in what direction a person is growing. Um, Those who prioritize worship, teaching, and even fellowship with other believers tend to grow spiritually, Mm. and those who prioritize their activities over such things 
tend to drift away from the church, and many eventually leave the church altogether, which is sad, but it happens. And these aren't hard and fast rules. I want to make that clear. Um, right. And ultimately, God has his plans for everyone. Um, he is in control. But these are definitely trends that I see as a youth leader, and I know other um, other leaders see as well. I'm not telling you this because I want you to quit your activities, because it is good to have these activities, but rather because it gives you an opportunity to examine your heart and be warned if you see yourself heading in the wrong direction. Um, have you been avoiding going to church and youth group? Um, have you been, um, do you even feel just a little bit of excitement when, oh, I've got something else going on, so I don't have to go tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good Where a good do you, thought. yeah, where do your true priorities actually lie? Mm. Really, really think about that. And I know that we, um, this episode is particularly for a young woman, okay, 30 and under, I would say, give or take a little bit. Um, but this is interesting because this actually carries into your adulthood. Yes. Here we are again. This is what you're practicing when you're young, going to church and prioritizing church. Because if you don't prioritize it when you're young, will you do that when you're 25? Will you yeah. do that? I guess that's still young. Mm-hmm. But will you do that when you're 35? Will you prioritize it when you are 45? And it's important. Yeah. I also think like, your parents are a huge impact on that because my friends that don't always come to things, their parents don't either. So it kind of is mm. like a generational yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that carries through. Yeah. yeah. So I attend a small country public school. I played soccer for four years of my high school, and I don't usually have a big conflict um, with this. At my school, all our sports are done on Wednesdays by 6, and we cannot have practices on Sundays. But I have had a few situations where I had to make a choice. One time I came home early from a weekend tournament. I did not play in the games, so I didn't miss church. Another time I had to pick between our missions trip and a really cool soccer tournament. Um, I picked the missions trip, which I enjoyed that, (laughs) and I'm glad I did that. I really enjoy playing sports, and I do know that some schools practice on Sundays or Wednesday nights, and they do have to choose. This may not be just sports. It could be a musical or robotics team. Whatever it is that you want to do, church needs to take the priority. Sometimes my parents make exceptions, such as this summer we did a soccer weekend camp, and my mom was a chaperone for this event. I was. (laughs) (laughs) We missed church that Sunday, but... I said that I missed going, and it brought up a lot of cool conversations about church and God with my teammates. One girl I talked to that weekend told me told me that I was the best Christian that she's ever met because I was fun and kind. She didn't like Christian. She didn't think Christians were fun or kind. I guess <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did add that I was a bit crazy, but we were all sleep deprived. We had. A lot of fun conversations after this trip, and she still talks to me about God now, Hmm. especially like we don't have classes, but she'll see me in the hallways and talk about things. Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. that for me, I'm just going to say this from the mom perspective, because I sat at a lot of soccer games, (laughs) and now I'm sitting at a lot of basketball games because my seventh graders playing basketball, and I'm like, wow, this is such a great opportunity to get to know people in the stands that are sitting there Mm -hmm. watching the game. And I got to know a woman that was one of Becca's friends' moms. I've I've actually talked to most of your soccer players' moms and had conversations with them and talked about church. I brought up church. We had a great conversation. I invited her to church. She did not come, but I did the work I needed to do. And she's. I just think there's a part that we can't just only be 
we have to also be in our communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to share the gospel in our communities, we have to be a part of it yeah. in some mm-hmm. way. So it's true. Okay. What are some tips? Speaking of the gospel, let's talk a little bit about this. What are some tips for a girl to share the gospel in her school, on the bus, at the lunch table? What can she do? Okay. So first, you definitely have to speak up and talk. Um, that sounds stupid, but just sharing a conversation, <laughs> starting a conversation is a great beginning. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about their life, what you have in common, what is going on in the world. Second, ask them if they go to church or where. This usually can lead to neither, either finding out they are a Christian or they think they're a Christian or they have a church background. Or they have no church background. Third, find out what concerns them in their conversation, like a test or a health issue or something else, and commit to pray for it and to do it and to ask them about it later. Last, sometimes you will need to speak up for Christ, but you need to be careful to not be harsh and mean. You can speak up with gentleness and loving. So here's an example. I have a friend who is in band with me. She says she's a Christian. One time she asked me if I would have sex before I got married. Well, I said no, and I added, because the Bible tells me to wait. She thought I was sort of stupid for this, and it was a joke, kind of a joke we kind of had. But I shared... And I shared, and I'm glad I spoke up. I could have easily just said, I don't know. But that would have been cowardly. But I do know people at school who thinks who think I am a little weird because I follow the Bible, and that is okay because speaking up because I'm speaking up for Christ. Yeah, speaking up for Christ is a little awkward sometimes. And sometimes you lose friendships. Yeah, and you don't need to be best friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. No. No, that's okay. Yeah, especially if they claim to be a Christian. Yeah. And if you see it, then you have to speak up. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, Okay, should a girl work, like, for pay? Is this a good idea or not? I know lots of girls in high school and college who work to save up for college tuition, to buy birthday presents and Christmas presents, or to pay for gas money and the like. I I know I did that. Um, But generally, I'd view working as an activity similar to the ones we've been talking about. Though I I know for some it may be more of a necessity, so it's not so much an activity. Some people um, really need to help, like, their families. Obviously, though, God's Word tells us to rest on Sundays. If you feel like you need to work on Sundays, I would challenge you to trust God because He will provide. I know He has done this for my Mm -hmm. family, and and He's done this for many other families in the church. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so let's think for a minute about jobs because that's a great segue into it. How should a girl behave and act in her job? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, Whatever your job might be, make it your utmost priority to glorify God in all you do. I think that's I feel the like we have a theme over and over. I, know. Yes. I think that's the theme of this whole episode. If you yeah. can't tell what's been repeated in my home. That yeah. is repeated. Yeah. That's true. Um, Good job but, to your parents. <laughs> yeah. My first official job was Chick-fil-A, the first one where I got, you know, a direct deposit. <laughs> um, and yes, I know it's quite the reputation. Actually, Becca works with me at Chick-fil-A <laughs> or worked with me. Yeah. I actually no longer work there, but I'm thankful for the lessons that I've learned over my past three years. Um, it's, you know, some people assume that Chick-fil-A just hires kind and charming young candidates. Um, but the reality is that you have a rigorous training schedule to get to that point. Even mm. even the people in the back. Um, to answer your question better, though, a girl should behave in a way that glorifies God. And how might you do that? Well, let's break it down a tad bit. 
no matter what your job, whether you are in food service, like I was, a nanny, a secretary, an, a, an assistant, a nurse, I know that there might be a lot of nurses listening, yeah. <laughs> a teacher, or even a small business owner, I would recommend that you respect those above you. Respect mm. those who actually do hold a position above you. Um, do not see yourself as someone who is, you know, better. Um, especially if you aren't, <laughs> you know, see yourself for who you truly are and, you know, the work that you truly put in, mm. um, humble yourself. And with that being said, honor the Lord in everything you do. It's sort of common, a common misconception that Christians have different areas in their life. And this isn't the truth. Mm. Um, work is just another part of your life. Um, your work or occup- occupation is a part of your life and not a compartment. So don't treat it like it's a compartment. We live our lives as children of God, serving him and him only. Your work or occupation is a part of your life, not a compartment where you can earn glory, wealth, and pride. Hmm. Um, another way you can act on the job is to be a light for the Lord. Like I've just said, the way you act at your job should be the same way you act at church, school, um, with your friends, um, be a light and we are the salt of the earth. So be the salt. Now, of course you'll have to act more sophisticated or cordial in certain areas, like maybe your job. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, keep in mind that others will see the love and you know, the light of God shine through you. They should wonder what makes you so joyful and they should wonder whatever you have and, you know, want it. want it. Yeah. yeah. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. And I think I love this piece that you brought out about, um, that we shouldn't like compartmentalize parts of our yes. lives. Like if we're a believer, then we should be a believer everywhere. Yes. And you know, you should hold the same principles everywhere and you should repeat the same Bible verses everywhere yep. and yeah. And apply God's word to yes. everything in your life. Yes. That's good. So um, what are some easy sins to fall into a job? And Rylan, since you've started, would you just finish us out on this area of the job? Oh, yeah, of what should we? What should we be concerned about? Yeah. Um, well, hearing that question does make me immediately think of my own sins oh. in my job. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the first... No, you're good. The first that comes to mind is pride. Mm. As I mentioned earlier, we must stay humble in everything we do. Mm. I became a leader at Chick-fil-A, and I think I you know, saw different ways that we worked and saw different things that we did. And I kind of fell into a system of thinking that I was better than Mm. the leadership above me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did end up leaving due to just like I'd been there a long time. And Mm -hmm. so I think it was time for something different. Um, And again, I'm so grateful for the opportunity I had there. But, you know, staying diligent is important and staying joyful is important. I think I kind of lost that. Mm -hmm. So... It's easy to fall into um, laziness if you've been in a job for a long time. I think mm. that you can just kind of clock in, clock out. Um, if you're a mother, I think um, I've heard some moms say that, you know, they just are struggling to um, get everything done. But, you know, it can be encouraging to see your mom prioritize, um, you know, maybe put her phone down for an extra 30 minutes a day mm-hmm. and to like really fight her and this is not like a hit against mothers but (laughs) it is encouraging to see you know moms also fight because it is a job to stay you know at Mm -hmm. home and busy Mm -hmm. Um, and that's their job so you're kind of comparing the two exactly exactly um and then ultimately to fight your um discontentment and Mm -hmm. to really just see it as an opportunity to grow 
Um, mm-hmm. I've had an argument with a friend about how, you know, our college majors are, you know, they're like building blocks and they are there to help us get to another part of life and ultimately to glorify God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was about how like college, you know, we shouldn't be boasting in how hard our major is and mm-hmm. how difficult mm-hmm. it is to get, you know, Calc 3 done. Mm-hmm. Of right. course, Calc 3 is hard. Like, of course, right. of course, we all have like those classes, but it's important not to take, you know, so much individual pride in that. Mm, and that's to a good fight, point. Yeah, to fight the discontentment that you find after that, because like you will be discontent if you only find pride in the hard work that you do. And a side note, God calls us to all different jobs in life and mm-hmm, roles. Exactly. And he has given us all different skills and ability. And so there could be someone out there who isn't even going to college. And that's totally, exactly. if that's where God's calling you, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So whatever you're doing, you know, glorify yeah. God in it. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to add, I'm um, so I majored in computer science and engineering. So you probably mm-hmm. did take Calc 3. I did. Yes. Calc, calc 2 was harder. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pass both. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I... When after I had um, my son, my first son, um, I worked for a, his first year about, and then um, mm. I got pregnant with my daughter. I got really sick, and mm. God used that to show me that I needed to quit my job. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's been like what, like six years. This actually in January, six years in January, um, I have been a stay-at-home mom. Wow, I've not been working, and I, I, I honestly, I don't even have any idea when I'll go back if I'll mm-hmm. go back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, I did all of that work, and it was good. It prepared me for a lot yes, of things. I yeah. met my husband there; he was mm-hmm. in the same major. That's a pretty important thing. Yeah, but yeah. I am not at all doing yes. what I thought I would do. Exactly, yeah. and I'm very thankful to God for where He has put me. Right. And that's another piece of like, um, you know, you may, we've talked a little bit about in our last episode about relationships and getting married. If your focus in high school is to get married, that's one you cannot really like solve. Like you should focus on something that you can do. Exactly. And so focusing on a job or a career or something helps you keep your focus going. And I think a school can be that. It can also be a job in Chick-fil-A. You can work yourself right on up or, or another area like that. And it's, that's important to and say. And it's good to keep yourself busy. Yes. I do I do agree that if you know, if you are sitting around and not doing much at home, maybe yeah. look for a job. Like mm-hmm. it's good preparation yeah. for your future, even if you are going to be, you know, staying at home. Like yep. I'm sure mm-hmm. it just yep. gets busier and busier yep. the yep. more you grow. And yep. so um And that leads me to my next question, which is yeah. what about hobbies? Yeah. Are hobbies okay to have? And we talked you guys all shared at the beginning what your hobbies are so you have them so what should a girl girl do regarding these hobbies can be a great way to do something you enjoy while building skills to bless others and glorify god we mm-hmm. talked about this with um some of the activities that we do but yeah. hobbies are the same way i mean a lot of them have to do with things that um do require skill girls in particular as we've mentioned before <laughs> they tend towards making things look nice yes. yeah and they have, um, we have a natural desire to care for others and to meet their needs. Um, hobbies, like activities, shouldn't get on, in the way of your duties or in the way of prayer or, or reading the word. However, there are some hobbies that can actually be prioritized over other activities, I think. Um, 
in the sense that they can be used to serve others. Mm. I know Becca in particular and the rest of our prayer group at youth group um, enjoys making cards. We do that um, frequently. We get, well, we've done it twice now, but we plan on doing it a lot more. So not frequently (laughs) yet, but we'll get there. Um, We've gotten together to make cards for people. So we just got together to make Christmas cards a a few weeks ago. Um, It was so much fun. Um, But it was also a way to serve the church and Mm -hmm. to be hospitable towards others. Um, We were, you know, looking up things on Pinterest to to figure out how to make um, these cards. It it, it did require skill. Um, And we were looking at each other, learning from each other. Um, It it was just a really cool way to be doing something that we enjoy together, to be fellowshipping. Yes. um, Which is another great thing about hobbies. Yeah. You can do it with other people and to... um, Again, like I've said, to serve others. Yeah, love for others. sure. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I love hobbies. <laughs> hobbies can be a great thing. I've learned macrame um, and made a little money at some craft fairs <laughs> I went to with my aunt. Also, I got to spend time with her, which was fun. I also love to watercolor and make cards. Yes, you are definitely right, Rebecca. <laughs> and sending them out is really fun. Um, but hobbies or sports or musicals or jobs or anything can quickly take over your time. And definitely hobbies need to be prioritized under God. Family, church, and serving others. It is a great way to have a hobby where you can serve others as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, there are seasons of hobbies too. Like I have had times where I had, um, I could do something. My, I am in a different spot in my life right now. Yeah. And I can do more hobbies. Yeah. I don't really do that many. I did, put a, I did put a puzzle together. This actually podcast is kind of my hobby. Yeah. I just want to say. Yeah. Talking yeah. is our hobby. Tab- well, yeah, is talking is my hobby. <laughs> but I think that's an important piece that you can change your hobbies too. You can yeah. learn a new hobby. And mm-hmm. the other thing about hobbies that I think is really important, and I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm hammering home things. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you and your friend have different hobbies. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. It doesn't make you better if you can sew. It's okay if you sew and you want to sew <laughs> or knit. But maybe your hobby is working with woodwork. Or maybe yes. your hobby is... I'm baking. Like, yes. that's okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, really important. One of my roommates, um, I'll just say her name, Claire. <laughs> Claire is this amazing cook and she oh. can, you know, she makes these delicious meals. That's the kind of roommate you want. Oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> I'm so happy to have her in the home, but um, yeah, she will make these meals. And, you know, I'm just so happy that it's not something that I'm like, man, I wish I could like be as good as her Mm. because cooking is something that you can learn Mm -hmm. and you can like, you can pick up a lot of hobbies, but also you can benefit from other people's hobbies. Yeah. I benefit (laughs) from from her hobbies. (laughs) She will bake, she will cook. Yeah. That's fun. That's good. I also want to add that I think girls should have hobbies Mm -hmm. and it is a good thing to have hobbies. And if you don't have a hobby, you should strive to have a hobby and find one. There are so many. Yeah, and it kind of, one thing it does is I think it kind of fills up your extra time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where you might want to sit down and watch a bunch of episodes of Netflix. Which you could or do a romantic movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or, right, you can do that. I mean, and I'm not saying you can't yeah. watch those things, but use your hands well yes. for good things. Okay. Yes. All right, so um, I hope all the girls that are listening, I know that you three around this table do this, but are involved in your local church and youth group or college group. Um, But um, let's talk about this area too, because this is an important part. And if a girl listening is not, let's talk about what that looks like. So is church and youth group even important to a young lady? And why? I think we all know that church is important 
Um, Hebrews 10.25 is that verse that tells us not to neglect meeting together. Yeah. Um, But I expect that not many of us could say why. Um, God clearly calls us to worship him throughout scripture. That's obvious, and he expects us to read and learn from his word. But why do we need to do this with other people? Um, this is something that I've wondered before, um, especially mm. after COVID and a yeah. lot of people stopped Why going to church. Why can't we just do it on our own? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of friends that have struggled with this. Um, well, in Hebrews 10, 24, the verse right before the one I just mentioned, we're called to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Mm. So we're meant to be meeting together with others so that we can encourage each other to love and obey God and consequently love others um, the same way that Christ loves us. So if you aren't around other people and you don't have a relationship with them, how are you ever going to be able to encourage them and be encouraged by them? Um, For those of you who do go to church regularly, I hope this is something that you're thinking about when you attend church services. Hmm. Um, so what about then the sermon part of the church service? Why do we need to listen to what anyone else has to say about scripture? Can't we just read it for ourselves? Yes, you absolutely should be reading it yourself. (laughs) Um, but for thousands of years, God has appointed leaders to teach his people according to his word. There's much wisdom in listening to the instruction of others and weighing weighing it against scripture. If you haven't read Proverbs, that will drill that into you. Yes. Um, conversely, it's incredibly prideful to claim that you don't need any instruction from others. Mm. I think we all know that as well. Um, remember that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's James 4, 6. That being said, even pastors are sinners, and you should always put scripture above what anyone else tells you. Um, so if someone is preaching contrary to scripture, you should seek instruction elsewhere. Um, sorry, there's one more thing I want to mention here. Um, although you need to be regularly attending church with the body of believers um, or those who follow Christ, we, we do know that going to church does not make you a Christian. Right, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, we've said that before. Um, so it's faith that saves you by the power of God. But we also know that in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Mm. So the word of God, the word of Christ is preached in his church, right? Mm-hmm. That should also help reinforce the importance of attending church. Mm. Yeah, mm. those are really good points. And I think it's important to remember that. And I do think that it is hard if you are not someone who's a part of church, mm. if you are in a family that doesn't prioritize church, that's hard yes. to prioritize. And I would say start with one or two pieces of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like make Sunday morning worship a priority. Make college group or youth group a priority. And and then slowly add the other things in as fast as you can, you know? Mm-hmm. And understand that God will bless you for putting in the time to be at church, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Even if your family, if you have, even if you're living in a family that is unbelievers, that God will bless you for that in the long run. Yeah. And you know what? It's so encouraging to... You know, a lot of us have come from families who have been attending um, Christ the Word specifically for a while. Um, And there's a friend who will sit next to me in in service. And, you know, he has said that, like, he is the only Christian in his family. And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, well, like, how did you, you know, get connected? 
well, you know, he found the community of Christians, and I think that he is just very interested in what is happening. Yeah. And, like, he wants to know. Like, he has a desire. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think there is just, there is, um, just to reiterate what you were saying, um, an importance of being in that community. Um, And also for youth group, I think youth group is a great outlet for the younger, for the youth. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's such a benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you definitely, I think we've already talked about this, but you do have to have the desire in your own heart. Um, It can only go so, you know, you can only attend so much without wanting to go. And then it kind of like you die out and you find excuses Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be there and you just do not want to attend. But um, yeah, having a desire to go um, comes from your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, for sure. um, Christ the Word's youth group does not have to be your youth group. Like maybe you (laughs) have really good friends in another youth group. We have listeners that are really all over. So yeah. It just it's a call to be a part of your local church. A, yes, yep. a church. Yep, that's a that's a Bible based believing yes. church, and um, put your put your feet down there, so to speak, or yeah, plant stick, plant. plant yourself. There you go, yeah. and and be involved. That's good. Yeah, yeah. If you have somebody that you can, um, it, let's say you're by yourself, you're the only yeah. believer that you in, like your, in family. your family that goes. Find somebody else to go with. Yeah, oh, yes. you don't have to go alone. Yeah. And and if you and sit with a family, that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite uh, things about <laughs> church in general is that it is kind of a family. Yeah, uh, a few weeks ago I was standing in in service and I, mm, this was probably a month and a half ago, and I stood there and I I just something waved sounds really hokey, but a, it like washed over me a thought, and the thought was these people are people I absolutely love. Yes. As I looked around that church that Sunday morning, yeah, like men and women that I don't really talk to every week, but I do absolutely love them because they're a part of this body of church. And and I think that's really important. And it it's kind of like you think about all the ways that God has used and changed these people. That's what was hitting me like, wow, this person didn't follow God. And all of a sudden God opened his eyes. Wow, that's yeah. really cool. And then this over mm-hmm. here. So that's good. All right. How should I view leaders in our lives and particularly leaders at church? Firstly, we need to go and see what the Bible says. In Hebrews 13, 17, it says... Well, we're in Hebrews a lot on this one, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. As those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would would be of no advantage to you. So we are called by God to obey and submit. If you are doing this with your parents, it will be a lot easier. A couple things to watch out for are gossiping and complaining. These go together and are often as easy to gossip about a leader or complain about what they're doing. I've had to lead in a few areas and it's not something easy. It's definitely a hard thing to do. So give them a break and be respectful. Mm, That's good. Yeah, leadership and leading is not easy and somebody's got to make the decisions. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. So what are some good things for a young lady to do in their local youth group? Be vulnerable and willing to confess sin um, so that others can encourage you to repent, um, fight it, and then grow. Use the benefits of the church that God has given you. Um, conversely, when, when others confess their sin, be intentional to encourage them in the same way, I mm. think. Yeah, that's a really important piece and probably one that a lot of youth groups can miss. Yes. Because a lot of youth groups are about party and fun and mm-hmm. exciting, but this is actually where real change happens. 
yeah, mm-hmm. real change takes place. I think you do. You know, it's good to get um, a little bit uncomfortable, and I mm. and I don't mean that you should be, you know, attending something that is like sinful, sinful, right. <laughs> yeah. but uh, uncomfortable, you know, by like conviction. And mm. I think that there is conviction in a good youth group and with good leadership. Um, I also want to say, you know, there's a level of discernment that you should have in your own you know, relationship with the Lord, you're going to have discernment, but don't confuse discernment with rebelling and questioning authority. I think there's Mm. a little bit of, sorry, not a little bit. There's a big difference with that. Um, And just don't mask it as discernment if it's truly just you, you know. Not liking what they're doing. Not liking it. Yeah. Um, It's good to go to youth group and to learn and to um, pick up from, you know, those around you and Mm -hmm. to have them challenge you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have, you know, thoughts or questions, go to your parents. I guarantee Mm -hmm. that they'll have something to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also many other, you know, leaders in the church. I, I just would warn against, you know, thinking that you are some mastermind of discernment Mm -hmm. and you know everything. That's a good point. So, yeah. So what about some sins a girl should be aware of regarding her local youth group or in church, you know, what are some sins she should be aware of? I think I just answered one of those. Okay. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. (laughs) And I would add, um, don't be caught up in comparing yourself to others. Pride and self-focus are making another appearance here, but that's because they're so intertwined with everything, uh, with our sin and um, our flesh. Don't wallow in self-pity when someone else is doing something better than you or be conceited when you see how you're doing something better than someone else. Mm. There are, however, some situations where comparison can be helpful. Um, it's not like we're commanded to not make comparisons right, or make, right. make judgments. Um, for example, if you see someone really growing in their faith in Christ, consider doing whatever it is they've been doing. Maybe they've yep. been doing something differently. Maybe they've been starting to pray in the morning or um, maybe, mm-hmm. they, maybe they've been doing this um, new reading plan that's been helping them to understand a certain part of scripture. Um, Also, if you see someone struggling, consider how you might encourage them. Um, In general, the same principles apply to the question on the last episode about common sins regarding your family. Remember that the church body is your family, like Mm. Julie mentioned, which you are called to love and serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it's helpful to, there are so many other sins that could fall into it. One sin that's in a lot of youth groups is the sin of sexual sin. And I don't think we even touched on that directly here, but we have talked about it in our last episode. Yes. Because it's a big one. And um, sometimes it's easy to not call those out as sin, you know. Um, Is it okay um, to skip youth group? You know, maybe you have play practice every Wednesday for eight months or a game or work. You know, like I just, you know, the only time I can work is on Wednesday nights when youth group is, or maybe your youth group's on Thursday, you know. So what do you think? I want to start by saying that um, I don't think it's okay to regularly skip church for a practice, like game or a work. Um, I once heard someone say that you go wherever your church is on Sunday. Hmm. In other words, you're going to be worshiping regardless of where you are. Um, so if you are choosing your soccer game over worshiping with the body of Christ, you might not be worshiping God. You might actually be worshiping yourself. Ooh, um, ouch. <laughs> I mean, that's, I know that, but that's, 
sometimes we need to hear it straight out. That's interesting. If you are not, you're going to be worshiping someone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's interesting to think about. So again, we don't want to be legalistic about yeah. this, yeah. but um, <laughs> it is, this is a serious thing. God is meant to be worshiped yep. above all. Yep. Um, with that said, let's then talk about youth group or college group or Bible study for those of you who have, are graduated. <coughs> youth group is not so cut and dry because it's not exactly the same as a congregational worship on a Sunday morning. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to miss youth group very occasionally. Um, this is in contrast to what I said earlier about those who skip very frequently. Um, I would ask yourself some questions if you aren't sure whether or not you should skip um, what is it that I'm actually prioritizing in the long run? And mm. be truthful here. Don't make excuses. Know that you are going to want to make excuses. Um, is there some way that I can adjust my schedule or is there someone I can talk to for help? Maybe you need um, to look for a, a ride or maybe you need to um, ask for a schedule change at work. Um, and then finally, what's the reason I'm going to youth group anyway? Mm, Why, what's the point? Mm. Yeah, those are good questions. And I, I think it's um, important to remember that the effort that we put into attending youth group or a women's Bible study, if you're at that stage or college group, yeah. God does bless it. Yeah. He does bless us when we put in those effort. And I know that, um, and the other thing I I was thinking about is we talked a little bit ago about college and the things you do in high school, like you might play soccer for four years, but you're probably not, well, we already know this, you're not playing college soccer somewhere. No. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. And so what, but are you going to be going to church? Yes. Yes. And so like looking (laughs) Mm. at that in the big picture, right, and seeing that is a big part, like we have to back up a little bit and look at, have an eternal perspective with that and make that a priority. We cannot do an episode for young ladies on the stuff they, on the stuff that a young girl does every day without having social media be a part of this conversation. Um, We couldn't cover it completely. It honestly is its own topic. But what do you guys think about social media for young ladies? Let's start by saying right off the bat that I'm not sure social media is inherently sinful. Like, you know, having social media isn't like always sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we agree on that. But let's talk about the good and the bad because sometimes we have to kind of break through it. And I always like to start with the bad, the worst stuff first. So let's do that. <laughs> what is wrong with social media and why is that part of whatever it is of social media bad? Yeah. Well, Okay. Just honest hour here. <laughs> Coming from a girl who has spent way too much time on social media, I can agree that it can be very bad. Um, while it does have some positive impact on the world, it most definitely has an, a negative impact as well. Hmm. It is a place full of comparison, lust, pride, greed, and more. Um, one of the worst aspects, in my opinion, is that we tend to believe that it's reality, hmm. even if you say you don't. Um, however, the most I, the mo- the more I post things from my own life, I notice the way I can only post the absolute best parts of my life. Hmm. You know, I occasionally posting something that's maybe funny with how you know awful it was. Like dropped my whole bowl of cereal. Right. Maybe I'll put that on my story. But I'm never posting you know those awful moments. Like I'm right. never you know I'm only posting. Right. I just posted about New York City, but I did just go on a trip. Okay. But uh, so it's interesting, this piece that you said, we do often tend to only post the good things. Yes. 
the yes. fun things. Yeah. And and um and I I don't think social media would be great if we posted the junk. Oh we, no, no right. if we posted yeah. like the, the inside point? a picture of the inside <laughs> of my car. Yeah. You know, because it's disgusting, you yeah. know, and it has wrappers in there and stuff. We just don't do that. Yeah. Um, that's really important. Yeah, mm. it's incredibly dangerous to view everything you see on social media as reality. I mm-hmm. feel the same way about movies and, mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that, too. But um, it's all too easy to do this. It's um, It reminds me of, like, um, children who maybe watch Peter Pan and think they can fly if they oh. just believe. I know you need right. pixie dust, too. <laughs> <laughs> pixie dust. <laughs> If we if we do this, we're gonna try to do things we simply can't, mm-hmm. and frankly, we're just gonna end up getting hurt. Yeah. Um. And and or hurting others. The only way to truly like reject reality, honestly, is to reject the truth of scripture. Uh-huh. Um. Because scripture is what tells us that we're imperfect sinners and that we don't know everything. <laughs> um. Also. I also want to add that for girls in particular, we need to be mindful that social media can be incredibly addicting. Rylan kind of mentioned that we can spend mm-hmm. way too much time yes. on social media. Yeah. And and I, for those of you who don't know, um, so I'm, I have a background in software development. Social media, the apps that you use, um, the websites, they are actually designed to psychologically keep your attention as long as possible. That mm. endless scrolling. Huh. Mm-hmm. That was at one point, I believe that was like, Pinterest was one of like the yes. first ones to implement that. And that was mm. this innovative technology. Mm-hmm. So or like interesting. Snapchat, like everyone's just sending photos back and forth, back yeah. and forth. It's constant, right. It's like, there's no stop. There's no stop. Yeah. There's no end to it. Um, so keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the The developers want you to keep using it for as long as possible. Um, they don't care about you, they right? Just, they just don't care about you, right? You are their, you are the, you are the consumed. Yeah, yeah. You're the piece of that. You're consumable. Yeah, and yeah. might I add, just um, stay away from. You know, this is for the younger crowd. Stay away from downloading anything if you know and feel that it's wrong. Um, ask your parents if you're even allowed to. This goes along with honoring your parents, but. Social media is dangerous Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know the boundaries. And even when you do know the boundaries, Mm -hmm. it's still dangerous. Um, But yeah, if you're young, just listen to those who are older than you and maybe don't download it and maybe just wait, you know, or Mm -hmm. maybe just don't get it at all. And I've mentioned this before, but I thought this was a really great thing. So um, there there were two girls who were friends and... One was her social media accountability partner, so to speak. Yeah. And there's some way on, I don't know if it, what phone it is. I don't know if you have to download something to use this, but they made someone else, they gave them the password and they gave them a limit mm. on how long they would spend on, no one uses Facebook anymore, but okay, Instagram <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, Snapchat. To, right, Snapchat. How long they'd be on it. And in order to get two more time on it, they had to put in the password and their yes. friend had the password. Oh my goodness, that's so, so sneaky autom- that I can see myself yes. doing that. But <laughs> automatically you have this, I have to tell my friend, I want to spend 25 more minutes looking at you know, Instagram. Mm. And yeah. that's embarrassing okay, yeah. to start off with. Yeah. And so I thought that is a really great little piece, really great little piece yeah. because it helps. You can put boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, can social media be good though? We've, we've learned it. it has some bad pieces. Can it be good? And if so, how? Well, I think it's only fair to shed light 
um, on the good as well. Um, but remember that the context and time are parts of the equation. So in what ways can it be good? I think of many people who have been actually convicted through scripture content on Instagram or Pinterest, um, or how a video of God's hand in a life-threatening situation can bring people to his word. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you read those comments and they're like, how can you not believe in God Mm -hmm. after seeing this? Um, I also think of how many ways we can use social media for outreach, specifically the women's conference. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that this is a plug or anything, but... (laughs) it's okay. We can do shameless plugs. It's all right. (laughs) But I don't know if any of you count Instagram as a... Or sorry, of course we count Instagram. (laughs) I don't know if any of you count Pinterest as a form of social media. Yes. But that is easily, easily my favorite outlet. So many ideas, inspirations art you know i i could scroll forever but it actually is a benefit to right have that just on one app yeah and like be like oh i can pinterest that yeah you know and have your boards it's so fun and girly yeah and yeah, yeah. i've heard people say like if you're gonna go look for a recipe pick like three exactly. and then do one yes like do something take yeah. action yeah. yeah yeah i mean where do you think uh we get our Watercolor ideas. Yes. Yes. Cards that we make. That right there is an actual example of using social media to serve others, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's that. I I also think that practically speaking, social media is helpful to connect to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like people that I haven't seen in years and don't have their phone number. um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes like Facebook, for example, is the only way to contact them. Um, I've used it to contact people I went to high school with, friends I maybe made on a trip years ago mm-hmm. right or relatives that live hours away um being so connected especially to the global church can have great benefits and social media allows us to to have that so yeah um i think it it also like like there are podcasts like this that mm-hmm. that we can listen to where we can be encouraged and become aware of yeah <laughs> yeah by like by so many other great men and women um, around the world. Um, so I think that there are definitely good things that can come from social media. Yeah. I, I think of, you know, the future school reunions that I'm going to have to help plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not going to have everyone's number. That's and so having Facebook, it. Instagram, yeah. Snapchat, I'm not using it as an excuse, but it is, it's helpful to have for mm-hmm. contact reasons for sure. Yeah, yeah. And also I feel like from past experiences social media has helped me to have like management over my phone yes and just to not just stop scrolling and put it down yeah. you know yeah. like you have to you had to practice the discipline of doing yeah. that yeah. so self-discipline with yep. your phone in general not mm-hmm. just social media yeah mm-hmm. because you might be doing other things on your phone i mean there's we didn't even touch on like you know games mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that eat up oodles of time yeah mm-hmm. i love that i use the word oodles yeah. well you really just oodles <laughs> Yeah. Stop. Know when to stop. Yeah. And as a mother and a grandma, I have the privilege of saying things that these three ladies in this room don't, or maybe they couldn't, and maybe they couldn't speak to it. But this is my chance and my platform, so I'm going to use it. <laughs> so a few months ago, I read an article about a young lady who did something that I think many young ladies either have done or have thought about, and that's take pictures of themselves to be shared with a boy. Hmm. Um, this happened to be her boyfriend at the time, this article. And although I'm not exactly sure what was in the pictures, I think we can probably all figure out what she was taking pictures of. I can guess um, that she probably was not clothed. So here's what actually happened. Um, She sent them to her boyfriend, who she was dating at the time. 
Um, now, first, I want to be very clear. This is wrong. Yes. Right? That's just straight up wrong to send mm-hmm. pictures. Um, that is desiring. We talked about, um, you know, the desiring. She wanted to be desired yep. by him. Okay. Attention. Attention. She desired his love and wanted him to want her. I'm assuming there was some sex involved in this, probably, yeah. because I don't know. I'm guessing this. Okay. So here's what happened. Um, uh, I can say, I will say this. It is nice to be desired by someone. Like that is a part of how, something God gives us in our heart we, to be desired. That's how it fits into intimacy and marriage. Um, but it was wrong to share private parts of yourself um, in this way. Now, here's what happened with the story is she sent it to her boyfriend, which he, he wanted more pictures and more pictures. And then what do you think they did? They broke up. Yeah. So he had all these pictures of this girl and he broke up. It was not a good breakup. And he sent them mm. out too many people and they went all over the school she was in all over her the neighboring school that was their you know competing school this is not a local story but a story from the united states and um she was so embarrassed by this and so devastated and she they became memes Mm. that got carried out beyond and she ended up committing suicide Mm. now there's a lot of pieces of this story that i want to say number one we should never be sending pictures of ourselves like that and actually i think it starts with sending pictures of yourself clothed. Yeah. I think it starts all the way back where you're sending a Snapchat to someone. I think Snapchat actually can perpetuate this where you are sending pictures of yourself to people. Sometimes you do not even know. And I think that's the thing that social media does is it connects you with people you don't know. And all of a sudden you're sending pictures of yourself, you know, in some pose, so to speak. And it's in our, in order to draw attention and you're actually idolizing yourself. Then the other part was that she sent it to him, and then obviously it was wrong of him to send it out. I mean, he shouldn't be even getting it. Right. And it just caused so much stuff that I think it's important to say, don't start with a little piece. Yeah. Don't send a picture of yourself with a low-cut top on Yeah. or whatever to get attention of a guy. I actually am really not gr- excited about girls sending Snapchats of themselves to any guys, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I haven't ever made that rule with my girls. Well, I don't have any. <laughs> but, okay. There are no boys. Right. <laughs> Maybe my brothers. Her but, brothers, right. And, yeah. But, but I mean, I think you have to talk about why. Like, yeah. talk about these stories with your girls mm-hmm. so they understand there's really some big, bad horrible ramifications that come mm-hmm. when you start with a little piece. Yeah, and then yeah. it just goes into having a conversation with them, finding out they think you're pretty, and then it just goes... It goes further, yeah. Because yeah. you have experienced friends who have had this happen to them. Yes. Yeah. And girls do feed off of, you know, the attention of it. Yeah. Um, I think what is dangerous about Snapchat particularly, and this is not a podcast for like you know, shaming social media. Well, I have Snapchat, so yeah, I can connect exactly. with, I have, no, we have a family group mm-hmm. thing that we're always sending yeah. stupid mm-hmm. pictures yeah. to each other. Same. I think it's your use of it, but um, just the fact that like your snaps can go away as soon as you like see it, unless you try to save it or screenshot yeah. it. Um, and I think that the design of that app is very, you know, it's modern mm-hmm. and a lot of people are enticed by it because of that fact. Yeah. It's so easy to um, use for that kind of harmful way. And that's interesting. It goes right back to what Rebecca said earlier about her knowledge of the background part of social media. Yeah, that's very interesting. And that it is all, I mean, it, it's enticing. It's wanting you to do more. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you that's will how do it's more. somewhat designed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They make money. They make more money the more you use their yeah. products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. 
Yeah, we should all have a little social media check. Yes. <laughs> Probably every week, ask ourselves how. No, well, honestly. I get it. I actually get it when I get my screen time on my yeah. phone. Like, oh, I know. You spent this much. Yeah. All right. So let's end today with a little fun section. Um, do you guys know what a mantra is? A mantra is a motivating chant, like in the book. Um, where the little engine that could went up the hill and he kept saying, I think I can, I think I can, right? (laughs) It's something you repeat over and over to yourself on the last stretch of every marathon you run or when you're finishing your last day of exams. I can do this, I can do this, right? A mantra is usually a repeated phrase or word. It also can refer refer more specifically to a word repeated in some sort of meditation. Now, we're not going to go that direction. However, there are mantras that we have had as women, and I wanted to bring some of them out. In the 1960s, our mantra was, well, I should say women's mantra, not mine, was free sex and love and like peace out, you know, just good vibrations. Everybody's going to be happy. In the 70s, we brought up more of the rise of feminism, which brought I am woman, hear me roar, Hmm. you know, like get out of my way. Yeah. 1980s was um, just do it by Nike, which kind of has this element of just being powerful and strong. Like we don't need anybody. We can do it. And I'm I'm making muscle muscle motions here with my arms. <laughs> in 1990s, the internet changed everything, which it really did. And that was a really big push for the internet. And I also remember, and I looked these up actually, talk to the hand. Yeah, you guys yeah. probably don't remember that. Do you remember that? A little yes. bit. And you'd be like, you know, that was kind of like a way of saying, I don't care what you think. So talk to the hand, you know, don't talk to me. Yeah. Um, and I think it lacked wisdom. Now, the 2000s brought all the technology from texting. So we have LOL or L-Y-L-A-S, which I've never stands heard that one. for really? love you like a sister, yeah. right? Did you love ever you use like that? You're too, you're too young. No, I yeah, you that did. was my um, era. Okay, that was your era. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think, you know, my peeps, right? These were just some phrases we used that mm-hmm. kind of brought like, you know, I'm going to hang out with my peeps kind of thing. The 2010s brought first world problems which mm. is really just, my phone ran out of battery, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, the word lit, which I had to look up what that actually meant, which is hot, <laughs> right? Which what I would say, you know, slay, <laughs> like I'm going to just solve everything. I'm just going to go out and do all the things. And of course, this brought on a really big push for the selfie and the famous duck lips, oh, yeah. people, which we all know. slay now. They probably do. Some of these yeah. still, you know, like, people oh, still say, slay. just do it. Okay, yeah. so the old phrases come back, right? So um, 2020s, I'm going to give you guys each a couple of current phrases that are used, and I want you to tell me what you think about them, what is right and what is wrong, and maybe what the Bible says about them. And um, I only covered a few, but let's start with one that I've heard for a while, and it is, you do you. Rebecca, tell us what you think about that one. I think this one's really interesting because you can actually say it a lot of different ways and kind of get a little bit of a different meaning. Yes. You can say it condescendingly, like... Well, you do you. Yes. Or you can say it as like an encouragement, like you do you. Right. Um, and so in one sense, though, when we think about it, you, you can't force anyone to do anything. And you certainly can't force anyone to have faith in Christ um, or to have a changed heart. But you, you do you is essentially a statement of you can do whatever you want. Mm. And that's just not true. Um, imagine a world where everyone did whatever they wanted. Um, and we, we actually can when we read scripture. Um, in Deuteronomy, when Moses is bringing the law to the Israelites who are just complaining and disrespecting God at almost every turn, God says, you shall not do at all what we are doing here today, mm. every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. Mm. He gives them the law, 
which proceeds to set the Israelites apart from every nation and gives them great success and blessing um, wherever they obey it. Um, but ultimately, we know the Israelites choose to just do whatever they want to do, and it doesn't go very well for them. No, it does not. <laughs> they end up exiled in a foreign nation where they're mistreated for hundreds of years. Um, I mentioned Galatians 6 in the previous episode. Verses 7 through 10 are very helpful here as mm. well. Yeah, because this is, I mean, I've seen this on notebooks at the dollar store. Yeah. You know? Okay, here's another one. Rylan, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to give this one to you. <laughs> you are enough. Well, thank you, Julie. (laughs) I love to hear that phrase. No, I'm just kidding. Um, When I hear this phrase, I immediately think of a similar one, and it might not, it's not super related, but I think of come as you are. Mm. Now, this is a phrase that it does have some truth to it. Um, It is true that God is forgiving and sovereign, and he is also a just God. It is crucial to remember our need for his mercy. We are sinners, and we, by ourselves, are not enough. Mm. We as humans are only enough through Jesus Christ. He is our Savior, and praise God for his goodness. Mm. It is a precious gift that God calls us to be his children, and that does make us enough. Mm -hmm. But Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. And Mm. so I think by the phrase, you are enough, it kind of alludes to say that, you know, you don't need anything mm-hmm. else. You are enough. Um, but when and you, that is just not true. Right. We need Christ. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. How about this one? How about, um, I'm thirsty. So being thirsty literally means wanting attention. And usually this is from a male. So in my friend group, I found that this is a common thing because every girl wants to be desired. So the real problem is that every girl should be trusting that God will provide what she needs and that they are not content and they feel like they need to get the attention from boys. This happens a lot as sleepovers or girl gatherings where girls are spending sending pictures of themselves to guys, sometimes guys they have never even met in their life. Huh. They're trying to get attention because they're thirsty. This even can happen in youth group. We might call it flirting or over flirting. This can be affected by a competition to get a guy. Like if two girls like the same guy or want his attention. It breeds more sin and more sin as the girls fight for attention. So what should a girl do? She should know the truth that God has given, which is God has a purpose for her life and to be content where God has put her. Also be aware of these sins and fight to not do them. Yeah, I I had heard this somewhere. And so I looked it up and I thought it was really interesting. I'd never heard of it. So I'm thinking, I don't even want to use the word thirsty anymore. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Okay. What about goat? Rylan, the greatest <laughs> of all time. Well, when I hear goat, I think of Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say like Michael Jordan, because yes. my son is into basketball. So he's like, he's yeah. the goat. You know, yes. I can hear him saying that. I, I'm friends with um, many guys who, who use this phrase. Okay. Um, I'll have to admit I've used it before as well, but not in a serious way. Only in a joking way with my friends when they, you know, win a game or something. Um, However, if you pick apart the phrase, greatest of all time can only be used to reference to God. Mm. Um, So maybe it's not such a funny saying after all, but if I'm being honest, I just don't think that this one is too serious. But yeah, you do have to think about what you're saying. You know, if you're calling someone the goat, right? are they really the greatest of all time? I don't know. 
Well, probably I mean, not. And with a lot of these kind of phrases, I'm not sure that we have to always evaluate where yeah. our heart is in it, right? Yeah. So with any of them. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's another one. Becca, I'm going to have you do this one. Spilling the tea. So spilling the tea is really gossip. But I will say that sometimes it is not always telling private things. Sometimes it's someone telling about themselves. Like if I was spilling the tea and told you I was pregnant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's not, that is not true, but. Yeah, it's okay. a private thing. <laughs> Julie? <laughs> But we will need to ask, what does the Bible say about gossip? Well, I know this is because my mom made me memorize this verse, which is Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any of wholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the need that it may be beneficial to those who listen. Hmm. Because gossip is wrong, and it is so easy to gossip. It is selfish and prideful to gossip. I know that I've struggled with this, and I still need to fight it. But let's call spilling the tea... What it really is, is gossip, which is sin. Hmm. Yeah, I do say that phrase. I'm just going to be honest. Spill the tea, sis. Yeah, I say spill in the the tea. And it's usually in reference to something like, I mean, I'm not pregnant, but something related, you know, like something fun. Yeah. Oh, guess what? I've got something exciting to tell you. I'm going to spill the tea. But I do, it's interesting how easy that call, that can fall into sin. Like these phrases don't, are not always inherently sinful. Some of them maybe are. Do you think Mm -hmm. that came from like, Sitting around, like at tea parties in the very, you know, I don't know. That's your job, Rylan. You go home and look that up. You'll find out. All right. Now, I'm probably going to, this last one, I'm probably going to hurt a few people by bringing this phrase up. Okay. Because I've heard it so much all over. Mm -hmm. I've seen mugs that say this. I've seen t-shirts that say this. I've seen, oh, wow, all kinds of things. I've heard girls talking about it. I've, I've seen women... Adult women going places with little bracelets. So there, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an army. Yeah, there there's is. an army. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. This is, so I'd love to hear this response. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> what about Swifty, a lover of Taylor Swift? Tell us what you think. I'm going to put this one to you, Rebecca, <laughs> the wise one in the group. I Yeah, I'm going to be honest. This one makes me cringe every time I hear it. <laughs> um, I, re- I really don't think it's wrong to associate yourself with something you really like. Yeah. Um, but we have to be aware that when, when you call yourself a Swifty, you're essentially calling yourself a follower of ta- Taylor Swift, um, in the exact same way that a follower of a Christ, a follower of Christ calls himself a Christian. Hmm. Um, so Jesus tells us in Mark eight thirty eight that whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. So if you're more comfortable calling yourself a Swifty rather than a Christian to other people, then, well, that's when you know you need to make some changes there. That's yeah. when you know there's a there's a problem. That's a really, really great point right there because, you know, I, I'm i not a big Taylor Swift fan, okay? That's mm-hmm. the truth. <laughs> I'm not really, con- I don't really like her music and her themes, in her music. However, this is true for anything. We have to evaluate. If yeah. you are wanting to do these, using these phrases, and you are believing them, then it, and you're not a willing to stand up for Christ and to speak about him, then you do need to make some changes. That's yeah. a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rebecca, thank, you know, first off, thank you ladies so much for being on today and for sharing with us. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yes. I hope you guys Thanks had you. fun. Yeah. Did you have fun? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And um, we're glad that you were all listening. Rebecca, would you pray for us today? Yes. 
Father in heaven, I thank you for um, those who are listening to this podcast. Um, I pray that they would be encouraged by the discussions that we've been having and um, that they would ultimately seek the truth in scripture, in your word. I pray that you would give them a greater desire to spend time with you in prayer and um, in reading your word, and that they would have wisdom in how they spend their time. And um, I also pray that you would help them to see how they can better focus on you, um, how they can be making changes in their life um, so that they can be growing in their knowledge and love for you. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. So I want to welcome today Lois Lancaster to the podcast. She's our she's our tiny tidbit for the day. What do you got for us, Lois? Hi, Julie. Um, so today I just want to talk about using just bracelet making to okay. memorize scripture. Okay, so this is not a Taylor Swift thing. <laughs> no. No, I, it could be, but no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so yeah, maybe they need to be. Taylor Swift fans need to be making scripture memory, mm-hmm. you know, so. Okay, so what do you got? <laughs> so this is actually something that I saw at, like, a kids' ministry okay. one time at church. Um, but basically, you take a verse, so like, if you're taking John 3.16, for God so loved the world, you would take the first letter of each word okay. in the verse and then use those beads so f g and like keep on going okay and make a bracelet or make i have some hanging in my car i have some on my nice. keys and like you can say the verse out loud or in your head as you're going through the bracelet okay and then it's a way that you can memorize it over nice. time nice so um i guess you can't really do paul's long passages because <laughs> that would be like a really long long bracelet but True. this is such a great Great tip, because you have it right in front of you. So you hang it in your car, and then, like, what do you do with that? I have had people ask me, actually, like, what is this? And then I've been able to talk about it. Nice. And, like, that it's a verse, and say the verse if I, you know, had to memorize it at that point. Um, But it just kind of is there. It's like a little decoration. And then, like, if you're stopped at a stop sign, Mm -hmm. or a stoplight, I should say, then you can quickly go through the verse. You can get started. And each of those letters helps you remember the words in the verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a great idea. I love that. Yeah. That's excellent. And a great way to use little letter beads. How, are you talking the real little ones? It can be like little or bigger ones. Whichever like size Make them you with want. your friends and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love that. I might be starting to do that. Lois. <laughs> we could do it together. Yeah. I need that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Join us next week for another episode of Everyday Theology, our series for the year that comes out on the first of each month. This is just a time where we get together and we talk about our everydays and how we can put the Bible into the middle of our everydays, how we can live out the Bible in what we're doing. And don't forget to follow or like us on Instagram or Facebook. Ha, we just had a great conversation about social media and I feel like I'm telling you to go to social media. (laughs) Um, But you can find us at Women of the Word CTW. And this would be good social media to follow because it's full of great content that will help and encourage you. And 
maybe at times challenge and convict you. Also, uh, you can find us, Unshaken, on any of your favorite podcast platforms. We are on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean, really anywhere you listen, Spotify, we're there. We drop a new episode each and every Thursday. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. Thank you.